Alright, Pashas Kiseitze. So I want to do this piece in the Slama Rebbe today. It's a short piece, it's a real Hasidish piece. And uh, what I mean by that is sometimes the Slama Rebbe or Hasidish of the Torah, sometimes they, um, they can be confused with actually being shot in the Pasuk. They add an additional layer of interpretation to the Pasuk, which really reflects what the Pasuk meant. And sometimes it's trying to communicate an idea, and the Pasuk is just the excuse to get the idea across, but I don't think anyone, including the author of the idea, thinks that that's exactly what the Pasuk was talking about. Maybe it is one of the 70 ways to understand the Pasuk. Maybe, you know, Ramesh, Rav, Sod, and so on. But this is a real Hasidic Shatar in the sense that I think the idea is critically important, whether it is what the Pasuk means or not, certainly not on the Pshat level, with that very, uh, <laughs> with that introduction. Yesh levar ba'od ofen inyan kiseitze v'chisa va'u. So our parsha kiseitze l'machamalai v'echa, is um, and in the earlier pieces here in Yisiv Shalom, the Rebbe develops the notion that this language Kiseitze LeMachama appears Parshas Baaloscha. It appeared yesterday in Parshas Shoftim. It appears now in Parshas Kiseitze. We see it in several places, and of course, it's talking not only nationally or collectively when our army goes out to war, literally, but of course, the more personal way of reading it is Kiseitze LeMachama Alivecha, the greatest war that we all fight, the war that's never won, it's never over. It is for the duration of our lives. Is with the Yitzhahara, the Alivecha, the ultimate enemy that we have. Is not the enemy from without, but is the enemy from within. The harder enemy to conquer is not the adversary from outside, although don't mean to minimize some of our adversaries and those who, who courageously fight them, but is the enemy from within. Because the enemy from without can be defeated, and one can move on. One can eliminate an enemy from without. New enemies may arise, but that particular enemy can be, can be eliminated. What he's going to talk about here, and uh, we mentioned it last week in the Mesil Sisham Shir, is that we have to understand the first method to understanding how to successfully battle with the Yitzhahara is to appreciate the fact that the Yitzhahara is never defeated. The Yitzhahara is managed. In the world of addiction, the 12-step program, they talk about that. You're never cured. You don't become a non-alcoholic. You can't go into a bar or have one drink. When you have that problem, when, when an individual acknowledges they have a problem with a Yitzhahara, be it one with a stigma, for which there is a 12-step program, or be it the ones with no stigma, like being a workaholic or a perfectionist or the many things which are equally addictions but society sometimes somehow praises them rather than uh, places a stigma on them. But the first step to being able to really uh, to, to control it is to realize that it will be managed, it will never be conquered. The moment you think it's conquered and it's behind you is when you're vulnerable and susceptible to it again. You're only able to continue to be vigilant with it when you realize I need to be aware of it and manage it for the duration of my life. So he says in this pasuk, he says to him, "He says, 'Avapi mamar, mar nasabe kedusha malchav etzchus yagen aleinu ala pasuk.' He says to him, 'Melchama, shemiyat kasher yehudi no lad viyotel laavir haolam, alav ladash shetafkida hu lemelchama aloyvecha.' From the moment a Jew is born, from the moment a child, a baby emerges from the womb, not that cognitively they're able to appreciate this yet, but we need to know that our mission, our tafkid in the world, is to defeat our oyev, to defeat our enemy." In other words, I mean, it's a pretty depressing thought, right? Because I thought the tachos of the world is to change the world and make it a better place, to be happy, to be misanig al Hashem, to get the pleasure of Hashem. Tikkun yeah, all, all these more positive things. This notion that like you're going to be involved in 70, 80, 120 years of wrestling, battling, sometimes winning, sometimes losing, but always <clears> being in a struggle. That's a pretty depressing thought on the one hand. On the other hand, if you recognize that that in fact is our mission and the, the joy, the satisfaction that can come from being engaged in that battle, just goof of being engaged in the battle, let alone winning, but certainly when we win certain battles, 
that satisfaction, that pleasure is far more permanent, more lasting, more real, more authentic than any other pleasure that's available to men, any other pleasure in, in the entire world. That is the greatest pleasure. That is the sum total, that is the essence of who we are and why we're here, as we've talked about many times, that we are a composite, we live in two realms simultaneously. The nafesh behemoth, we have this animal soul, the animal instinct, the animal impulse, that like an animal says, eat that, do that, sleep with that, go that, do whatever you want, whatever you want, an impulse. An animal has an impulse, an animal observes the impulse. But we also have the Tzalem Elohim that says, you don't have to follow every impulse you have. You can live a higher life, a higher order. You can strive not for happiness, but you can strive for holiness. You could do so much more. So that coexistence or that battle through our lives, and for some, it expresses itself with chocolate cake, and for others with images on the internet, and others with the temptation to cut corners at work, and with others with the impulse to lose your cool with your wife or your children. Everyone battles that Yetzirah, that animal impulse instinct differently, but that's the tafkid, that's the, the very mission. That's why we're here, that's what life is all about. That's what life is all about. When a person thinks, I've done this a million times, how many diets have I started and stopped? How many exercise programs have I started and stopped? How many times have I tried to conquer whatever Yitzhahara it may be? Jew needs to know, that's why we're here. That's not a distraction from why we're here. It's not that really I'm here to make $10 million, live in the biggest house, drive the nicest car. Really, I'm here to get the biggest name, the most followers on Facebook, the most likes on uh, Twitter, whatever. Really, I'm here to... And this uh, Yetzirah thing is a distraction. Food is so annoying, it's a distraction. And the, in the internet, Yetzirah, it's a distraction. No, this is our entire... This is our fate, and this is our mission. Yetzirah works like the whack-a-mole. At the carnival, right? You know, and you smack one, it pops up over here, and they smack that one, the next one pops over here. So the Yitzhahara is not something that you say, I'm done, check, finished, accomplished, I got my diploma, I defeated the Yitzhahara, I'm all done. If you defeat that Yitzhahara, the next Yitzhahara is going to pop up. I was talking to somebody struggling with addiction who's been through um, multiple programs. And the addiction first expressed itself in this realm, and, and it really through the person's enormous heroic work, um, really got it under control, and but the guard was down, and a couple of years later, the addiction popped up in another realm, right? So first it began with, uh, say, alcohol, and a couple of years later, they were a gambling addict. And he came to realize through his therapy, and I learned so much through him, that, like that whack-a-mole, like, there's an addictive personality, there's something, there's a personality that's drawing him to these things, it's an escape, he's numbing himself, whatever the, whatever the, the DNA of that, of that personality is, you could conquer it in this one area, but if you're not vigilant of it popping up somewhere else, it's just going to express itself somewhere else. And the same is true with us. Whatever our Yitzhahara is, we shouldn't think, if I can only get rid of this distraction called the Yitzhahara, whatever that particular thing I'm working on right now, if I conquer this life, smooth sailing. Here on in, I can focus just on what I want. No, it, it is part of our definition of existence. To be alive, to be breathing, is to have a Yitzhahara. So the first step is to accept that. And when you accept that and you're committed to a life of managing that, now you can find happiness through the experience of, of managing it. It's really, I don't remember I told you last week, I started learning Tanya again, Chazer and Tanya. The Tanya is different than other, the other Bali Machshava, Bali Musar in this area, where many others, the mission is to eliminate the Yitzhahara. You take that animal instinct within us, and we quiet it, we purge it, we get rid of it. Refresh's interpretation of all of Karbonos. The idea of taking the animal to the base of Mikdash was, you'd say the animal represents the animal in me. 
I have an animal instinct. I have an animal impulse. And I'm shechting it to you, Ribbon Shalom. I'm killing it in front of you because I'm killing the animal in me. And, and you know, refresh develops for all of the korbanos, that everything that goes with it is directing it to Kodesh Baruch Hu. From my most basics, like a korban mincha, flower offering, those who are learning the daf, to, a, to the nisachayayin, which is my luxuries in life, wine. Uh, refresh is a beautiful, beautiful interpretation. But Tanya says, no, the, the benoni is the individual, who's not, the tzaddik is the person who has no yitzhahara whatsoever. Right? The tzaddik is the person who was either born without it, or successfully conquered it, and essentially walks around with no temptation. Doesn't even notice that there was a girl who was on the street. What a girl. Doesn't even know. Doesn't know what he's talking about. That's the, that's the tzaddik. The Benoni is the person who might 99.9% of the time succeed. Right? The Baal begins by redefining what a Benoni is versus a tzaddik. We've always thought a Benoni, the Ramam's Benoni is, the scales are even. The tzaddik, the scales are this way. The Russia the scales are that way. The Benoni, the next action is going to tip the scale one way or the other. Baal says, no, the Benoni might be what we call tzaddik in the sense that the Benoni is living a righteous life, doesn't give in to Averis. Why is he a Benoni? Because he still struggles. And that's why he wrote the Sefer HaBenonim, because we are all Benonim. We're not that sad. What's the exact translation? Uh, the Benoni is the... Uh, Between, the middle. In the, middle the intermediate, the middle... The average the, person? The average. Call it the average person. That's the average person. So that's us, the average people. We, the average people. Um, we, the average people, are living that life. Like You could be succeeding and, and give the impression that you're at Tzaddik, but as long as you're in, in, the, in the battle... Yitzhahara. There's a new sefer about Rav Shlomo Hoffman that came out. So his, his, I quoted him Mr. Inshul, his rebbe, Rav Yitzchak Isaac Sher, Rav Isaac Sher. So the son-in-law of the altar of Slobodka, is Rosh Hashiv of Slobodka in Hebron, the Bnei Brak. So in the sefer it says he was talking to a group of 20 to 22-year-old Bachram about marriage. And he started by telling them, no, you know, you, you see a woman, she's not dressed, you have a Yitzhahara, so I'm talking about the Yitzhahara. And the boys looked at him and said, we don't, we don't really have such a Yitzhahara. So he looked at them and he walked away and he said, I, was, I didn't realize I was giving shirim to Malachim. I thought I was giving shirim to, to Basar Vadam. I guess I had nothing to say to the Malachim. Right? Like, God will be Yisrael, it's only the, the foolish, mistaken Bachar, the young guy who thinks, I don't have the Yitzhahara. Right? The, the Rosh Hashiva, the, what we think is the Tzaddik, but who admits he's a Benoni, is the person who says, what do you mean? I live in this world. I live in this world. So, so the difference of the Balatanya for the others is that the Benoni is not, is not trying to eliminate the Yitzhahara. The Benoni is trying to capture and redirect the Yitzhahara, to take that, that passion, to channel it in the right way. So that's all Hasidus, is to take the world of Gashmi, is to take the world of Yitzhahara, and not try to eliminate it by pretending that we're not drawn to it, but, but try to elevate it and transform it into something which is, um, you, you take it, Klippa, Klippa Snoga, whatever, all the Hizlashonos that I'm relearning, and, and you redirect it towards the service of Hashem. We have two types of Yitzhahara that are in us. We have the permanent, we have kind of that, that permanent, regular, always, ever-present Yitzhahara. You have to know that the world of Ruchnius and the world of Gashmias struggle to, compa- to be compatible together. The world, the physical world and the spiritual world are opposites. Are opposites. This is what we say in, in Ashiyatar. It's a wonder that a Kaddish Baruch Hu put the nefesh, the neshama, in the body, that the body works. The Obracha Ashayatzer is the acknowledgement of the absolute wonder and the miracle that you can mix oil and water. Oil and water don't mix. The nefesh, the neshama, and the guf don't mix. The, the, the ruchni and the gashmi, the physical and spiritual, they don't mix. So the fact that Kaddish Baruch Hu found a way for it to be housed within the body is nothing short of a, nothing short of a miracle. So we need to know that to the soul, the physical world is a constant threat. 
it's a threat. Now we could use it and use it well, and then it's not a threat. But if we're not vigilant and we're not mindful, then it is a threat to distract us, to derail us, to compromise us. So that Yetzirah for the world of Gashmias, that Yetzirah that says, I'm confusing what's everlasting, what's, what's eternal, with that which is fleeting and that which is insignificant, the Yetzirah to be confused by that, it's a, it's a regular, it's a, it's a hum. It's like in the background. That's there always. It's always there. And then you have the other Yitzhahara, which is the monumental Yitzhahara, where there are moments in time where you confront a choice. And that choice is being informed by the Yitzhahara. Either a person has the ability to, to make a really bad decision. Now, this is the Yitzhahara that, you know, sometimes we're all struck by. On the other hand, we can't even understand how other people fail in it. Right? If you, if you look at some of the great um, so-called accomplished people, high-profile people, who gave away their entire lives because of a moment of stupidity, usually revolving around Darius, usually revolving around the strongest Yitzhara a man has for a promiscuity, you say, like, Elliot Spitzer, this one, that, whoever you are, Tiger Wood, you threw it all away. And did you not see that? Like, if anyone frees the frame and asks you, do you really think that this girl's not going to tell her friends? She's not going to tweet? She's not going to save the text that you've been sending her? You really think that you're going to get away with this? Do you think it's possible? Anthony Weiner, you're sending what you're sending over Twitter. You're, like, look, you're an intelligent person. You made it to the United States Congress. Do you really think so that the koach of this Yitzhahara is, it causes you to not think. It sabotages your judgment and your entire thought process. This is not the, the Yitzhahara that's ever-present in the background. That is the daily grind of, I want to eat that, but I shouldn't eat that, so I'm trying not to eat that, I'm trying to eat right. I, want to, I really want to say that, but I shouldn't be saying it. That's, that's the daily grind, Yitzhahara. <clears throat> but then there's that Yitzhahara where an opportunity presents itself. Maybe somebody says, I have a business opportunity, but you know we've got to cut the corners a little bit. Or you're standing there, I don't know, maybe you're about to have an enormous expense on something, and they whisper to you, if you pay cash... We could we could make the price a little bit less if you pay cash. That's 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 one of these. That's a huge Sahara. You can save a lot of money if you just pay cash. But you're stealing. You're stealing from the government. Shafter holds you're stealing from your fellow man because that impacts their taxes. When people cheat on taxes, so the taxes have to be made up. That's an enormous Yitzhahara. So whatever the Yitzhahara is for, and they're endless. There's the second level Yitzhahara, which is not the the consistent hum of the Yitzhahara in the background of your life, which is the daily grind. But there's the Yitzhahara that every once in a while we face where there's a decision that we have to make and all of a sudden we've got that voice in our head which decides to reconcile and justify and, you know, I don't really use the public school system. I pay a lot of taxes for it. So if I don't pay, if I pay cash for this uh, new expenditure, who's really losing out? So that, vo- that Yitzhahara. So our parsha is talking about the is the first Yitzhahara, the daily grind Yitzhahara. That's the daily grind. That's the Yitzhahara that has to be managed. It'll never be conquered. I'm a foodie. I love food. I love food. I, start, I keep eating long after I'm full, and I eat foods that I know are bad for me. But I love food. I'm a foodie. My uh, new, soon-to-be son-in-law, has found, they could care less about food. It's really kind of miserable, actually, now starting to have him around a little bit. He care less about food. He care less about it. So, you know people like that. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm a foodie. So, that will never end. There's never going to be the day that I wake up and say, you know what? Food doesn't matter much to me. 
I just need to eat a little bit to live, and then I don't even remember that there's such a thing called food. That is unlikely to happen to me. I should live for another 80 years. That's unlikely to ever happen to me. So that, that is part of my life, daily, daily. And Baruch Hashem, not the worst thing that ever happened to somebody. But I don't know, maybe other here can relate to that. It's just part of daily life, is, is trying to make the choice to eat the right things. Stop eating when you're full. Don't eat the junk. Avoid the carb. It's part of the daily grind of life. It's the Kisei Tzedemach here comes. You ready? Now here comes the Chassid the Shatayra. V'shavisa shavya perish apimaymer habesh the Vashemtov hakadosh. Zchus yagin aleinu al pasuk kiyete leva adam ramin urav. Pasuk says that a person is born with a heart which could lead him astray. That that's we have a heart defect. Everyone is born with a heart defect. Shabemas ein ra yorid min hashemayim. We're born with it. That the ra doesn't come from heaven. V'chol amidas arosh v'shoshem etovus yord laolam avarchil akatov. That the Bashemtov Pshat and Yetzir Lev Ha'adam Rami Neurav is Kashbarka doesn't create Ra. Kashbarka doesn't create defects. He doesn't create bad. He doesn't stack the deck against us. So, what does it mean that we're born Rami Neurav? It means that even the Midas Ra'os came to this world with the possibility of transforming them to be Tov. So, what's our mission? When you go to battle with whatever your Yetzirah is, your mitzvah is Shavisa Shavyo. Your mitzvah is captive. The Shavisa Shavyo, when you take a captive. Who are you trying to take captive? Lahotzias Midas Ava Mishivya. You're trying to redeem the Mida of love, the positive, from its captivity. And to return it to its source. So the mission of a Jew, follow the Bashem Tov is saying, Yetzer leiv ha'adam ramin urav. Yetzer leiv ha'adam ramin urav. The heart of a of a Jew is born ra. We have a yetzahara in it. Says the Baal Shem, Kishbarka doesn't create ra. So how could he create something that gives the impression of ra? He created something that looks like ra, so that we can go through the experience, the mission, the exercise of redeeming from within it the positive, the good. This is a big Hasidish idea that not only Hasidish in Machshava in general. That if you can identify your biggest Yetzirah, you've also identified the area of your biggest potential. Whatever you're struggling the most with is the area that can have the biggest breakthrough in your life. That mida, Because that passion, that enthusiasm, that drive for that thing reveals to you what you have drive for. And now that you've accessed the drive, if you could redirect that drive, the sky's the limit what you could accomplish with that drive. So it looks like Rami Urav, What looks like is Ra, the Shavisa Shivyo. You gotta take it captive, right? Shot in the Pasuk is you meet this beautiful woman, you take her captive, you're taken by her, she's beautiful, so then you have to treat her a certain way, and so on and so forth. So the Hasidish spin on it is you see something, it looks beautiful. Oh, I wanna eat chocolate cake. I don't even care about chocolate cake. That's not my potato chips, that's my answer. I want that, that bag of potato chips, mesquite flavor, crunchy, kettle cooked. Oh, kishmak. That's my Yitzhahara. Wow, Yafas Tawar. That is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bag. Vishavisa Shavio, take it captive. And now the idea is to transform it. And what do you do? Let's keep going. You see this magnificently beautiful woman. You see within the Gashmi, within that which looks ra, you look for the Midas Ha'ava, you look for the good. That's what it means to take it captive. The Chashaktaba, and you long for her, and you take her to be your wife. So it means you long for that potato chip to be your wife. You want to eat that potato chip. You see its beauty, and you want you desire it. 
So what do you do? You see within it the possibility of not the potato chip, not the ra, but the good. Which could be that the triumph, and you're not going to eat it even though you want to, that was the midas ha'ava that was buried within it. Or maybe you took the potato chips, but you you used them for a tish, a fabreng, and a shir, a hachnas you used them for a holy purpose. Or maybe you you violated the common thinking, you were able to just eat one. You made a bracha, you had one, you satisfied that urge, and you showed your, your gibor, you only had one, you didn't have to finish the whole bag. Whatever you find, the midas ha'ava within it, you, you conquered something within it. So in other words, wherever the biggest Yetzirah is, it's not my biggest Yetzirah, it's just one of them, for the Mesquite barbecue uh, kettle uh, corn. I thought you were getting a bag of celery after that. I mean, you know, know. Replace it with celery. <laughs> yeah, so the Midas Ava, that's what he's saying. You see the spin, the Shavisha, you see the Sifas Torah, you see something beautiful you're attracted to. You want to look at that, you want to watch that movie, you want to read that thing, you want to, whatever that thing you want to do is, it's Sifas Torah, it's beautiful. And Chashakta, you long for it. So what do you do? Shavisa Shavya, you've got to take it captive. Don't let it own you, you've got to own it. The Gilchas Rosha, you shave her head. So what's the Torah's prescription for what you do? You take this, you're at war, you fall in love with this woman. What do you do? You shave her head, you take her out of the, the clothing of, of, of uh, captivity, and uh, the nails, all the chitzonim, you take away all the external to reveal the internal. So that's the same thing you're supposed to do to your Yitzhahara. Whatever you have that drive for, and you've identified, that's my drive, it's for money, it's for women, it's for food, it's for bitozman, it's for whatever the area of the drive is, if you can remove the chitzonis of the drive, if you peel back the external of that drive, you reveal the drive, the internal, and now you can express it and direct it towards the good. So you've transformed the ra, the midah, into midah sa'ava. You've taken it captive. You've owned it. You've owned it. And that's the method, So when you go to war against the daily grind, Yetzirah, what you need to do is, you need to take it captive, you need to take peel back the external, you need to redirect it. With a similar language, when you get into a war in your land, against the enemy that's uh, aggravating you, now this is the other Yetzirah. This is the one time, once in a while, enormous rises against you, you know, this enormous adrenaline Yitzhahara. Our Pasha talks about against the enemies, Oyvecha, means the daily grind of, of the potato chips. There the enemies described not as the daily grind enemy who's in your life for the rest of your life. You know, I would argue for, for most healthy men, the, the challenge of the, of the internet is, is a daily grind. The day that you think that you know what, I'm done, I've reached a certain age, I don't have any, I'm done, is you're, you're still uh, at risk. So whatever the daily grind Yetzirah is called, Oyvecha. The once in a while, extraordinary Yetzirah is called the Tzar, Hatzor Ereschem. HaYetzirah shapachaz ala Yitzirah bikesh tardenim in ha'olam. This is the Yetzirah that wants to bring, right? So the daily grind Yetzirah is trying to destroy you little by little. Because, and that's part of how it wins. If you eat the potato chips today, it's going to happen. Last week you had potato chips one day and you didn't die. You didn't gain 20 pounds. The sky didn't fall. It's the so the daily grind Yitzhahara gets you by saying nothing enormous happens. The other Yitzhahara, the Tsar HaTzorah Eschem Yitzhahara, that's Yitzhahara, that's the Anthony Wiener Yitzhahara. That's the Yelitz Bitzer, what's Yitzhahara. That's the Yitzhahara where an opportunity presents itself to you and you, me you mess up, you've destroyed your life. Like the consequences are cosmic. 
The implications are seismic. They're huge. They're huge. So the, the, the risk-reward on both the Yitzhaharas is the same. The daily grind Yitzhahara, you're right, if you have the potato chips, you're not going to die. You won't be publicly shamed, your life won't come to an end, your wife won't leave you. The, the, the risk is not great, um, but the reward of overcoming it while, while impressive is also not great. But that Yitzhahara that comes every once in a while, that's of enormous magnitude, the, the risk is great, you could lose a lot, but the reward is also enormous, what you could accomplish if you can surpass it. So there in Parsifah what do you do with that Yitzhahara when you have that, it rises to that level, you blow the Chatzotzros. So the Salam Rebbe says, what is the sound of the shofar? There's so much imagery. The grah holds that the shofar, you're not supposed to be said. The Rav has in written halachic manner, Allah Tshuva, that his grandfather, Chaim, was once, it was Rosh Hashanah, Batokeya was a chassid, and he's crying, and he can't get the sounds of the shofar out because he keeps crying. He says, what are, you, what are you crying? It must be a halachic man. He says, what are, you, what are you crying for? It's a mitzvah. You've got to blow the shofar. Produce the sound. Like, what are you, what's going on over here? So it wasn't that he was cold and callous. He had a messiah from the grud. The grud's vision of the shofar is that this is coronation day. We're being mamlech Hashem. And the shofar is, when you're at the inaugural ball, and the trumpet sound to coronate the new king, the new president, that's what Rosh Hashanah is. So what are you doing crying? What are you miserable? What are you shaking and fearful? Someone at the inaugural ball, they're toasting champagne, they're blowing the trumpets, they're... They're thrilled. There's a new administration. There's a new king. They've renewed the king. For the Vilna Gaon, that's the imagery of the shofar. Tzvah has another imagery. So here, the, the Salam Rebbe is saying, what's the imagery of the, of, the, uh, of the shofar? The imagery of the shofar is this anacha, this, this incredible groan, this sigh that comes from within us. Amuka. She'anacha azoz baka kolhani tori ramai kolosh mazar kadosh. It's kol haram hasogrim al yudi bokas anacha v'amuka azoz. So you ever with someone who you're really close to, who you know what they're going through, and they just let out a big sigh, and you understand exactly what they're saying. They don't need to use words. They just let out this sigh from within them. And Rav Pinkas and Sha'aram B'Tfilah, one of the 13 Lashonos of Tfilah, from the Yaakov Shemoni, with the 13 languages of Tfilah, is Anacha. Anacha is a groan is a sigh. Sometimes you can say more with a sound than you can say with words. So the shofar is that sound that we're producing more with the sound than we would produce with words. It's that anach, it's the groan, it's the sound. So when you're confronting that, that moment, that, that, that um, enormous Yitzhahara, right? The the enormous Yitzhahara. You have to let out that groan, that cry out to Hashem, that you need His help. You're drowning. I'm lost entirely. Throw me a life preserver. What are the sounds that we cry out to Hashem? Mayim and kinu lataivos, rabim adirim, hataivos mizrabos mizgabros. So mikolos mayim rabim adirim, from the sounds of 
the Mayim Rabbim Adirim for my Taivas, for my temptation, my desire, my drive. Open up the sea for me. Help me cross to the other side. Help me get past this moment. The waters are raging and they threaten the undercurrent to pull me down and I could drown. I could drown in this. I got a choice to make. I've got an opportunity. I've got a judgment call. And this is, uh, my, my, my Yetzirah is pushing me towards one way. So you've got to let out this enormous sound, this groan, this sigh, this krechts, and say, open up the sea and let me make it to the other side. Let me surpass, let me overcome. This is not just trying to get me to eat a potato chip. This is trying to remove me from the world. Destroy me entirely. So what's the answer? The most genuine krecht sigh with no words is a more authentic tefillah than the angels can offer God upstairs. The whole idea of a nigan. Sometimes the words are amazing. Anshay Knesset gave us Shemona Esrei because they captured, they articulated for us what, what the totality of what we would want to express to Hashem. Shavach Bakasha Hoda, praising him, asking things, thanking him. They gave us, they verbalized, they gave us the words, because without them we'd be lost. But the truth is that words hold us back. The power of a nigan over words is that words, you have to be thinking about the words, follow the words, understand the words, say the words, the words have to fit the tune. And you can just sing a tune, and there's no words to it. It's when you can really get lost in the nigan. And the same is true with the groan, with the krechts. It's more authentic tefillah. It comes from the inside. The words are with the lips in the voice box. But a groan, a krechts, comes from your from inside you, from your kishkas. It is your kishkas. You're turning to Hashem and saying, from the depth of my soul, I'm turning to you, I need you to give me strength. I need you to give me what it takes to overcome. And that most authentic from, the, from your kishkas, desperation, is the highest tefillah. It's, it's bamarom Hashem. It's higher than marom in the, in the heavens, what the angels can offer. Because Baruch HaMekabla Ba'ava Barachim and Eskartim Hashem and Hashantam Ayvechem. Right, the Rishoyim in Gehenim, their tears are, are cooling off Gehenim. So when we cry, when we, when we confront the Yitzhara, when we see it, and we cry over it. And we say, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed, I'm humiliated, and I need you to give me strength to overcome it. I don't want to be that person, I want to be better. The tears, the crests, the moan, the groan over it are what <clears throat> extinguish the fires of the Sahara. So the, the fire of the Sahara is raging. What's going to extinguish that fire so that we can get to the other side? The tear, the tears, the, the literal or figurative, of who we are, who we've become, what we're tempted by, and that challenge is what extinguishes that fire so that we can make it to the other side. So I said, it's a real chassid Is that really the pshak? He says, and so on. Maybe. But, uh, but if the idea clearly is important and he wanted to get it across, this became the platform to get it across. Is that the two types of Yetzirah, the daily grind Yetzirah and the nuclear Yetzirah that faces us once in a while, the daily grind Yetzirah is overcome by Shavisha Shavyo, you gotta take it captive 
expose inside, peel back the chitzenis of it, take off the the simlas shivya, gilchas rosha, shave her head. You got to peel back the layers of that daily grind yitzara, see what's really at its core driving us, and then redirect that drive. Yitzar leva adam ramin orav no. Kashbarka doesn't give us ra, there's, uh, there's good within it, so redirect it to the good. And then there's the other Yitzhahara, which is the nuclear Yitzhahara, which can threaten to destroy us. And for that, we have to react in a nuclear way. There have to be tears, there has to be that internal groan, that krechs, the chatzotros, the equivalent of the sound of the shofar that we produce, which is the cry to Kashbarka to help us uh, eliminate it, to remove it, and to be able to surpass it, and to be able to be the best version of ourselves in Mitzvah Hashem.